Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. into the dnbr fantasy podcast this is not a bonus episode this is your classic thursday audio only pod presented by DraftKings sportsbook download the DraftKings sportsbook app put that code dnbr in and have some fun take your fantasy takes to the next level with DraftKings. all right fellas you uh we're missing Hank on the Tuesday episode. We're missing me on the bonus Thursday episode previewing Thursday night football. How'd your takes go on that? Um, pretty well, pretty well. Good. I think that I was definitely expecting just a little bit more offense, but you I mean, you both, you can't complain about what we saw from a fantasy yeah. perspective. I don't think. Yeah. Are you telling me I can't complain about something? No, yeah, that's. I would uh, never tell you what to do, guy, because I know that you can do it. That's true. It's one of my policies. That's sound reasoning right there. I guess a little disappointing from DK Metcalf, but you know, what's done is done. All we can do is move on with our lives, set our lineups, and uh, there's been a landmine thrown our way from the fantasy gods this week because Drew Brees is out for like three weeks, collapsed lung. And the New Orleans Saints will not be starting Jameis Winston at quarterback. They will be starting Taysom Hill. This is interesting for a lot of reasons, primarily that you can get Hill in most leagues listed as a non-quarterback. That makes him a must start, a must pick up. And just an unbelievable opportunity at flex, at tight end, and potentially at wide receiver, depending on how he's listed in your league. Not at quarterback, though, right? Like, we're on the same page there. Um, I don't know, man. I think I he's, I'd say he's like a high-end yeah, high QB, too, man. And if you're in some wacky leagues like we are, where you do get points for rushing attempts, then he's yeah. a definite start, he's at like, qu- even at quarterback. Yeah, he's going up against the Falcons. So, like, they can be scored on for sure. Maybe not by the Broncos, but by a lot of other teams, yes. It's going to be fun. That Wasn't that the week that Drew Locke was top five? Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Taysom Hill. This is a big opportunity. Um, and Guy, you had a conundrum yourself with these Taysom Hill pickups. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if you're going to pick up Taysom Hill, then obviously you have to drop someone else. Ah. Um, so then it becomes a debate of, uh, you know, who is droppable at that point. Mm-hmm. The conundrum that I was in. Um, so in this league in particular, it is a rush or it's a point per rush attempt league, which is, uh, you know, madness. You can, you can, yeah, you can have your feelings about that. Oh, yeah. um, but it, it does mean that uh, running backs get valued a lot higher. So I'm almost always starting three running backs in that league. Must. Yes. Even but, handcuffs are basically startable because they get you eight carries and you're in the money already. Exactly. So um, the guys that I had to pick from to debate dropping this week, Wayne Gallman, Gio Bernard, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Travis Fulgham, Antonio Brown, and Devontae Parker. Uh, so Andre already knows how I went with this, but Hank, let's hear from you, someone who you're hearing this for the first time. Of those, who would you drop? That's tough. I mean, it's really let's, tough. Let's focus on just the wide or receivers. Or would you drop someone, yeah. So Bobby yeah. Trees, Fulgham, Devontae Parker, and Antonio Brown. Those are the wide receivers we're dealing with? Yes. Okay. I think that Antonio Brown has to be in the conversation just because everybody else is established, and he's the That's one the direction I go. Who, who hasn't proven anything. Um, but among the other three, just like because you should think them through, you should pick a couple guys. I, I think that the, the name that jumps out at me is probably Devontae Parker mm. just because he's been a little bit disappointing. Um, so th- then you just kind of get into what you need, like, are you are, are, do you need some big time upside because Antonio Brown provides that and, and honestly Devonte Parker can provide that as well I mean we've seen what he can do when he's at his best with two attack of Iloa coming in and doing what he's doing I, I think that you could say that you should expect better numbers going forward um, but I would probably lean toward taking the lottery ticket in AV uh, I don't think you can go wrong either way though Yep, that's exactly where I was at. And uh, Andre and I split on this. He said Antonio Brown, and uh, I ended up dropping Devontae Parker for him. My reasoning, uh, in the past four weeks for Devontae Parker, we're looking at uh, 6.5, 7.3, 12.4, and 5.1. That's in full PPRs, too. Yeah. So he's not getting you touchdowns. When he is, he got you three yards um yeah he had one catch for three yards in that touchdown in that game against the rams so and we're talking about games against the jets the cardinals the chargers these are all teams that you realistically should be doing pretty well against that he's not really i mean those numbers right there are like low end like wide receiver three numbers right now he is the wide receiver he's number 37 amongst wide receivers in the league right now so when you look at that, I mean, if we'll, we'll take 12 teams as the average for a league, that right there is the very top of wide receiver four territory, which is just kind of not impressive. Yeah. Antonio no. Brown, we should point out, averaging 6.1, 13.6 in full PPRs, the 13.6 coming in that game where the Buccaneers blow out the Panthers. It got a little wacky by 40 points. Yeah. I will say though, there was uh, there was a play where he was wide open down the field and Tom Brady overthrew him. So I think we've actually already talked about this play before on this cast, but Brady you do play. have to take into account if Tom Brady 
doesn't have accuracy on the deep ball that does hurt his value, mm. but he's also getting separation and he's playing well. And uh, from the numbers that I've seen, he's right on par with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in terms of volume and target share. So moving forward, I mean, this upcoming week against the Rams doesn't look, you know, particularly enticing considering yeah. they're um, the number one uh, lowest scoring, or I guess, however you want to phrase this, the number one against pass or wide receivers uh, in mm-hmm. fantasy this season. Um, but after that, things start to open up for him. So yeah, Kansas we've got City. teams like, yeah. And then there's a buy, obviously. And I then I uh, hate the yeah. late buy. Jeez. Yeah. It's, uh, it's annoying, but at the same time, I mean, I don't need yeah. him to start for me right now. Well, and the beauty is you've got three weeks of Taysom Hill, presumably assuming right. Taysom so doesn't covers blow that. it. Yeah. Right. But then going into the playoffs, you've got Atlanta and Minnesota in those first two weeks. And then yeah. Detroit, who isn't like they're not anything to write home about. They're right in the middle of the league. But in your Atlanta and Min- in Minnesota are like those are two of the three worst pass defenses in the league right now. So- yeah, Minnesota's picking it up a little, but I see your point. And I, you know, Brady loves his slots. Um, and the the greater point I thought you were making when we were talking about this off air was the name value, and how in three weeks probably a greater likelihood if you drop them now that Devonte Parker is still available than that right. a B would still be available. So that would really kind of split that tie. for. And if I want to form a trade, Antonio Brown is going to have a little more um, buying power, I guess, if you will, in yeah. a trade as well. So. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, so that's definitely the biggest, most timely news we've got on the fantasy front. Also, boy, rough, rough um, injury news for the Detroit Lions, who will be without DeAndre Swift, um, one of the great protagonists of this podcast. So it would be unfair to not bring that up. I don't, eh, I guess Adrian Peterson in emergencies probably become startable because of this. But uh, beyond that, I don't know what you can garner from this. And then Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola. Uh, might be another big week for Marvin Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's definitely something to expect. Um, and I can be convinced that Adrian Peterson isn't a bad play. You know, we again, the, the story of the season is how bad the running backs have been fantasy wise. Adrian Peterson, wherever he's gone, he's been pretty consistent. Like, like, I mean, yeah. he'll go get his three, four yards if you hand him the ball. And I think that with all the injuries that Detroit has on offense, they're looking for ways to, to, to burn touches. They need to find somewhere to go with the ball. And I think that just beating AP is why he's on the roster. Like, I don't think he's on the roster to come in for three, four plays a game because that's just not who he is. He's a ground and pound identity type guy. And this might be a week where they just buy in. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. And more injuries in Carolina where it appears Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey both won't be playing. Um, I just think even though it's against the Lions, you want to be careful with all the Panthers guys. Bobby Anderson, DJ Moore, uh, even Mike Davis, you know, like kind of a – yeah. Yeah, I'd be a little concerned that this could impact everything. Of course, this could also be the kiss of death, and those guys have amazing weeks. But What scares me most about Mike Davis is the passing game, which, I mean, isn't a yeah. shock given that the starting quarterback's out. But uh, 
in PPR leagues, I could see how his floor has kind of just dropped off a bit because of this news. Um, because there is the potential that this is just like a no catch week, and he and he plays well, twenty carries for eighty yards, and gives you eight fantasy points. Well, the emergence of Curtis Samuel as that receiving gadget back has mm-hmm. kind of influenced that. All right. Um, I, that's all the injury notes I have. Um, I've got a couple games for us to play. One is Team Bingo, uh, which is something we kind of do regularly anyways, but we're going to do that explicitly this week. And then we will also be playing a variation of buy or sell, which is pretenders or contenders. We're going on fringe rosterable guys. And a contender is someone who will contend for a starting spot come the fantasy playoffs. A pretender is someone who might look like a contender, but will not be starting for you. So we're going to get into those. So it's specifically um, for playoffs then? Yeah, specifically looking forward to the playoffs. So we'll do a little a little calendar breakdown. We'll think it through like we did with that A.B. Devontae Parker debate, which I think um, helps our listeners and can be insightful. But the first team bingo we start with, team bingo, you, give, you need to give me one option to start, one option to sit, and one option as a potential flex play Ooh. of the Pittsburgh wide receivers who have a juicy matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. I've seen Juju Smith ranked in some top five wide receiver rankings. Now he's picked it up a lot, but top five wide receiver. Eh, I don't know. Chase Claypool has also been great. And Deontay Johnson, who would you start? Who would you sit? Who would you put in your flex spot? Uh, I'd probably start Juju. I think that in terms of consistency recently, in terms of consistency, yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I was kind of hard on him earlier in the season, but yes. the numbers don't lie. And the numbers recently, he's seeing an average of about 10 targets since week seven, which is like, that's fantastic volume. That's like what you want. And he oh, has yeah. the history with Ben. So there's no real reason to think that that's necessarily like, you know, quote unquote flash in the pan. Um, he hasn't done anything to really like explode necessarily, but I still think that, you know, when you're coming down to these like nitty gritty weeks where you really need to win and you don't, you can't try to play it too cute. I would rather have that, that nice safe floor. And he's a guy that really just fits into that safe wide receiver two mold for me right now. Yeah. And I, I agree as much as I want to say it's Claypool, And as much as I like Deontay Johnson, Juju's leading that team in receiving right now which isn't it doesn't feel true but these last few weeks he really has turned things around quite a bit now the last two of those weeks have been against uh oh i should have pulled this up but uh the the bangles and the uh, cowboys Cowboys. and so it's it's not like it is the most impressive competition but he was solid the two weeks before that as well and that was against the ravens and the titans so i i agree that it, it probably is juju and I'd put Claypool number two uh, for me. Really? With, uh, Deontay Johnson behind him. I would put I, Deontay Johnson as my number two as the quote-unquote flex here. Yeah. And as much as I love watching Chase Claypool, I would probably put Claypool as the as the sit here just because of the wild variance in his scores um, where Deontay Johnson, I mean, he has had some injury risk, but when he's healthy, he's getting 
like again double digit targets and it looks like he has a real connection with big ben as well so i would rather take that personally and claypool is getting touches in dangerous areas though guys i mean you look at his last three starts 13.2 and they like to target him in the red zone yeah he's also of the three of them though he's the most likely to kind of disappear in games too though true but i I, which is the flip side of my point which is that i like the upside I, i like the ability for him to just put up i mean He's, he's had a 40-point game this season, hasn't he? Yes, two. Must have been yeah. two of them. Yeah, I mean, that sort of upside in a flex spot is pretty nice and just enough to end yeah. up with Johnson. Yeah, and I mean, he did have that stinker after his 40-point explosion against Tennessee where he just had .8, but he's been in double digits um, every other game um, in the past six weeks, so... I don't know. I'd almost go Claypool one, uh, Juju two, but I I do think it's um, I do think it's those guys. Um, I did put these in here as options for bets. Uh, guys, should we make Deontay? I'll take Claypool to outproduce Deontay Johnson. You'll take Deontay Johnson. Yep. Perfect. The other team bingo, and this is just two options. So just pick one to start, one to sit. Tampa Bay running backs. And these don't have to take a while. This might just be obvious. It's Ronald yeah, Jones. I'm in on Ronald Jones. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be at all surprised when he drops a dud, but if the gun to my head, if I had to choose between him and Fortnite, I would take Rojo. But I'd just beware. Yeah. We've um, seen it before where he has a big week and then just disappears. So don't be surprised. I ended up starting Drake over both those guys in one league I have. Um, there's another league where I'm starting Ronald Jones over Zeke Elliott, though. Um, so, you know, it's uh, <laughs> these guys make life hard, hard on you. Another backfield that's made life incredibly hard on fantasy owners is that Indianapolis backfield, and uh, we can play Team Bingo on this one. Jonathan Taylor... Naheem Hines or Jordan Wilkins? Who do you start? Who do you sit? Who do you flex? Well, I can tell you I'm actually starting Naheem Hines this week in a league. So uh, I'm with you. That's my answer for that one. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, it might be rough to have this conversation. We might actually be able to make a whole segment out of this. Guys who are droppable at this point, do you think Jonathan Taylor is droppable right now? Uh, I mean, the problem is that there are just so few running backs. And and, and if you're set at running back, I, I think that there are situations where you could justify dropping Jonathan Taylor. But to me, this backfield is just so much in flux. I mean, I mean, last week, it, it was Naheem Hines who led the way. It was like 12 carries for him, eight for Wilkins. The week before that, though, it was 11 carries for Wilkins and two for Hines. And, and so just because it has been so up and down and you really don't know what to expect from week to week. And there isn't even like a, a trend that I feel like you can follow at this point. It feels almost random which running back it is. It, it'd be tough to drop Jonathan Taylor, but I do think that if you're set at running back and you don't need to, to have one more guy with some upside, that's likely not going to be worth starting in the playoffs because of the inconsistency, then yeah, you, you certainly can drop. him. Let's do this game really quickly. Jonathan Taylor, would you cut him for Wayne Gallman? 
Yes. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Definitely. That that was the the warmer upper. What about Austin Eckler who comes back in week twelve? Yep. yep. Depending on how your team looks right now, but I would say yes. Either way, you're betting on upside. Yeah. Geo Bernard, who Joe Mixon still out this week. I take Geo Bernard. Ugh. I I think that there's room yeah. for him in that offense as a receiving back. Man. But you're only potentially going to see him for. Right. Mm-hmm. And then week. even then, like he still had dud weeks, even when he had that backfield to himself. Yeah, but but well, again, so this is guy. like if you need if you need to win your week, you have to take Joe Bernard, man. I think for now, especially mm. considering Joe Mixon, we didn't even expect him to be out this long. Nope. This is like two weeks longer than we expected, so there could be yeah. something actually wrong with Joe Mixon. Yes. Uh, yeah. And all of a sudden, Joe Bernard now has playoff value. I would take Joe Bernard. My thing is like Jonathan Taylor. I don't expect him to ever take over this backfield, at least this season. Yeah. And so you're going to feel like it's a gamble to throw him out there. I do see a world in which Giovanni Bernard carves out a role as a receiving back. And and by the time you hit the playoffs, you're comfortable playing him even with Joe Mixon. I don't think it's likely, but I think that, that, that the odds of that make it worth taking him over Jonathan Taylor. Two more. Leonard Fournette, would you cut Jonathan Taylor for Leonard Fournette? Yeah. God, man. This is a real Sophie's <laughs> choice. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd keep Taylor at that point. Really? But eesh. I was going to say, I think so I would probably. Close, man. It's, I don't. Okay. I just don't really want anything to do with that Tampa Bay backfield. That's so. that's fine. Um, Kalen Balage, would you cut Jonathan Taylor for Kalen Balage? Yes, I would. Yes, really? I think so too. Really? Mm-hmm. Ah. They they went out of their way to make him a part of the starting roster, and they've had just so many injuries. Austin Eckler, when he comes They're back, isn't guaranteed well to just like I know he's not guaranteed to just come back and you know. No, I mean their plan is to have one north and south bigger back like Melvin Gordon was in Austin to be more that gadget receiving back right. who gets 20. So regardless, someone like Bullage, Justin Jackson could come back, Joshua Kelly. You know, it's one of those backfields where like Indianapolis, like Tampa Bay, one guy has one good game and then all of a sudden the backfield starts to look like it's theirs. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah okay. It has been back-to-back weeks now that he has dominated the touches. There you go. I'm honestly back to the Colts, the original conversation we had. I'm, I don't want to say all in on Naheem Hines, but I really like him this week. I love the way he looked last week. Um, I think he's a decent fantasy player. So there you go. He would be in my starts this week. Let's move ahead to contenders or pretenders. This buy or sell playoff inspired game we are playing i didn't tell him to prepare this so he's gonna have to scramble for a second henry before we do that we have a special shout out to make to a special someone can you assist me in that area my friend oh i would love to assist you in any area (laughs) but particularly this area week 10 of football is in the books all right get ready for week 11 there is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNBR. 
DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings for any bet placed on UFC 255. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit or withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code DNBR to get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Nicely done, Henry. Well done. Um, all right, so this Contenders Pretenders, my inspiration is we've played this game already without this title with Lamar Jackson, who is the 10th quarterback in fantasy. He's disappointed Henry greatly because, of course, he was projected to be by far the top quarterback. Yep. Um, he's kind of picked it up, but we've talked about in the past how Lamar's value really lies in that playoff stretch where he's going to face teams like Cleveland, Jacksonville, and the New York Giants. So that's kind of our inspiration, and that's why, for me, Lamar Jackson would be a contender. I believe producer guy agrees with me. Henry, have we convinced you that he's a contender, like kind of a buy low kind of guy for the playoff run? He, I, I'm not sure about buy low, just because mm. I'm not sure how low you could possibly buy well, sure. that name. And that's yeah. what makes it so hard. Because like even today, I got offered a trade for Lamar Jackson. Um, Did it, you? Oh, I wish I'd written that down. I should have prepared. Uh, but it was Marvin Jones. It was no, I can't remember what the other two were. Uh, I can go check later if we're interested. Yeah, but yeah. It, I, I said no, just because you can't. It's just so hard because the upside's so big. And for me in my position, I'm going to the losers bracket in that league. That means I need to win one of two weeks or I get the punishment. And in those two weeks, I do want Lamar Jackson on my side because there's a chance he just gets me out of this whole mess by himself. And so, yeah, to, to sum it up, I say you go. contender, but I don't Love think it. he's somebody who you can go get without overpaying for it. I don't think there's much to add to that guy. I feel like a proud father at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, w- I would like to know what the other side of that trade was, but. Yes. I'll go to your email if you can find that. Because the guy anyway. and I, we are thirsty for trade proposals. Yeah, we're talking Dallas in week 13. Cleveland, who is obviously can be passed on. Jacksonville, who's 30th in the league against quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And then the Giants in championship week. So, Insanely, and, the Giants are the team that scares you the most. And the Giants are not like some mighty defense. Right, but we're also, when you take into consideration where they sit in the AFC standings and even in their own division, this is a team that really is going to need to just go all out rolling into yes. their own playoffs. So, you know, they, they have to figure things out. They can't take their foot off the gas the way say, you know, Pittsburgh or someone else might be able to, they got to keep going for it. So Absolutely. I like that implication as well. I would have gotten Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Marvin Jones and Carlos Hyde. Oh, no, Chris Carson geez. coming back and I'm set at receiver. I'm well, not going to Bridge- downgrade my Bridgewater's quarter. injured too. No. Yeah. It's not yeah. even a downgrade. It's a, you get the guy who's out. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> All 
Wow. Um, a bit of disrespect on that trade offer. I'm not going to lie. A bit of disrespect on that. Especially with those three for ones, then you have to yeah. drop two players from your roster, too. Yeah. It's just annoying, man. <laughs> Don't do a that. Two for one, I can see, but a three for yeah. one, get out of here. I, I was actually throwing Cam Akers in there, too, but like he's not even rosterable at this point. Yeah. I was the same with him on your team. Yeah, well, the problem is there hasn't been a better option, which I know doesn't sound like a real thing, but duh. the Alberto injury killed me. Yeah. Um, here's a good example of a contender or pretender. One, Emmanuel Sanders, whose production has fallen off a little bit since coming back from injury. 13.8, kind of got a lucky touchdown there against Tampa Bay Week 9, just 1.5 last week against San Francisco. Obviously, the precarious quarterback situation there is concerning. Sanders does have Philly Week 14, Kansas City Week 15, and Minnesota Week 16. He did look really nice for a stretch there, Week 3 through 5, averaging over 15 points per game. Can he get back to that? Is Emmanuel Sanders a contender, or is he a pretender? Guy, why don't you start us off on this one? Yeah, I'm going pretender on this one, mostly because of the quarterback situation. Um, I mean, things were looking good for him, but then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the extent of the injury to Drew Brees is just, I don't know. I, I don't know when, I don't know when we're going to see him back or even if we're going to see him back. I mean, he's yeah. got to come back at some point, right? But especially at his age, I don't, uh, and I don't know how Taysom Hill. I mean, he's really right. good as like that sort of like he can get, get it done with his feet. So when we talk about playing him from a fantasy perspective, I'm less concerned with how he's going to pass the ball and more concerned with the fact that he's going to pick up yards with his feet and be a red zone threat that way as well. But I don't know what receivers he's going to favor, and I don't know yeah. how well he's going to throw to the ones he does favor. So I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, the fear well, of the honestly, unknown. Uh, I have Michael Thomas, and I'm, uh, mm. I'm scared to play him. I I don't see right. how yeah. they throw the ball. So so like if you want to hold on to Emmanuel Sanders and say when Drew Brees comes back, then all of a sudden they can rebuild their chemistry. I will listen to that argument. And and if I think if J if Jameis ends up starting a couple of games, then I'd love to play him. I'd love to play right. the Saints receivers with Jameis at quarterback. Like again, not because he's a great quarterback, because he led the league in passing last year, and What's that's just kind of undeniable. Yards, yeah. But with Taysom Hill, you're not throwing the football. I think he's been on the field. Uh, I think yeah. the stat was like 37. Uh, he's been quarterback 37 times this season. 35 of those were running plays. 33 of them were Taysom Hill running the ball. Like that yeah. is what he does. And things are going to have to change now. He's a full-time quarterback. But like you look at the passing stats, like he's just, he's not a quarterback at this point. And yeah. I think, let's see, do we have the full number here? I'm using a different website. There we really go. Really quick. Yeah. Career 55.6% passer, which means he's 10 of 18 for his career. That's cool. not a guy who's going to be feeding your receivers. Real quick, uh, as of one hour ago, Adam Schefter tweeting, Saints have officially placed Drew Brees on injured reserve, meaning he's out a minimum of three weeks. Yeah. So three we talk about we don't know when he's going to come back. He, yeah. they, they know it's significant enough that they're putting him on the IR. I mean – Maybe they get him back in, say, week seven, 16, 17 when they're about to go into the playoffs. But at least for this, like the, the you know, immediate future, we know that he won't be back until at least, what is that, week 14? Yeah. Is there at least he could be back? So 
Dylan, we were talking about start this playoffs. off-air guy is that there's like 30 wide receivers and Emmanuel Sanders as part of that tier. We're right in that low end wide receiver too. They'd be an option in your flex and they, you know, they're, but at the same time, they're borderline rosterable and Emmanuel Sanders falls into that area. He would have fell into that area with uh, Drew Brees with how he's performed last um, month without him. He's especially dangerous. So it's, it's a wait and see, but gun to my head, he has to be a pretender because um, we just don't know. Real quick though. You know who Taysom Hill reminds me of? Sam Neuer, Sam Neuer. Oh. Yeah, there were a couple of like college highlights from Taysom that were going around the internet today. Like and specifically, one highlight of him unsuccessfully hurdling a guy, but still oh, like easily winning the interaction. That I was just like, huh? That that looks like Sam right there. I think Sam might be more accurate. Um, yeah. What about Austin Eckler? We talked about how he's expected to be back week twelve. I see him on his IG and Twitter running, he's doing stuff. He's getting ready. Um, so, you know, week 13, you should be back with the chargers. The beauty is this chargers offense completely different from what it was a year ago, completely different from what it was to start the season when Austin was still starting and healthy. The chargers will close this out against the new England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and then your Denver Broncos, um, and he was averaging in full PPRs 15.6 points per game, so not too shabby. But we really don't know, you know, he, he benefits from quarterbacks wanting to check down, and that's how he's a PPR master. Will he continue to be that with Herbert in this different look Chargers offense? Henry, pretender or contender? Contender, he's a contender for me, and even if there were enough running backs to go around this season, I would still have him as a contender. Um, I mean, last week, Kalen Balaj caught five passes. So there you go. Like, like it just plug Austin Eckler into that role. And I think, I think that at the very least, he is going to be fine as a running back too. That's a correct take. Guy, any I mean, more, anything more to add? I would say he's a contender, but I'm not that bullish on him. Um, I mean, he's been out for a significant period of time. So coming back from an injury doesn't guarantee you just get your rollback and your production. So, I mean, temper your expectations there a little bit. Um, But I think that the Chargers with Justin Herbert in like his developmental, you know, uh, time frame, they don't like even if they have a bad record, they're not just going to you know, take their foot off the gas and just kind of stop trying necessarily. They're still going to oh, yeah. be going all out. So I think that there's some security there as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he has a defined role on that offense and they went out of their way to pay him. So I do think he'll be good. I just, I mean, temper your expectations just a little bit in those first couple of weeks. Right. Maybe not a lock as running back one, but still definitely should be a a top 20 producer at that position, which means he's a contender because he's a startable. All right, let's close this out with a couple more Marquez Valdez Scantling, who all of a sudden has really picked it up. I mean, really picked it up. Uh, And I know this is kind of your guy, Hank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, there are just so many good receivers out there. And as, as much as yes. I like this offense, yes, I just, 
I mean, what is this? Uh, I guess I can't get the full numbers, but I mean, so 19.3 points two weeks ago, 24.9 this last week. That's though in two weeks, still just a combined 10 targets for week nine, six in week 10. So a lot of this is him getting touchdowns. I see him more as a sell high candidate. That That's what he is to me is see what you can turn him into, especially when you look at, you know, week 17, you probably don't have your championship then, but that's the bears. Don't like that week before uh, Tennessee week before Carolina week before that Detroit. Like it's, it's not the toughest stretch in the world, but I don't love it. And, and I think that, I think that you can do better. I think that there's so many receivers out there that this production probably doesn't hold up. Yeah. Um, hard to disagree with you. Definitely in a PPR, his value is not that much because he doesn't get a lot of targets. If you need a boomer bust wide receiver in a non PPR, he's, you could do worse, but I think that's kind of the, the, the end of his value guy. Anything different from you? Yeah. I mean, I'm too wary of his duds to really, I mean, I'm, I'm more risk averse at this point. You are so, more risk averse. Yes. Especially considering it's just uh, like when he's so touchdown dependent, like you said, and he's only getting, he's averaging what five targets. If we yeah. look at the last five weeks, he's average actually averaging less than that. Fewer than that, Big I guess. Time. Oh, and yeah. It is two breakout weeks. He's averaging five targets per game. So that's nuts. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So in the last five weeks with those two point holes that you mentioned earlier, 3.3 0.9 I mean mm-hmm. no nah, man I don't I don't really want anything to do with that I mean we we are looking at Devonte Adams potentially having a, a hurt ankle so depending on how that turns out it could affect how I feel about him but uh, at this current moment if Devonte Adams plays I don't really want anything to do with him mm-hmm. yeah um Yes. So again, a, a bit of a wait and see if the circumstances fall a certain way. Again, he's in the mix, but not a contender, not a true contender. We're going to close this out with Jonu Smith. I was saying in September and early October, it is Jonu's world. We are merely living in it. That's mm-hmm. when he was an unstoppable force, double digits the first four weeks, um, just killing it five touchdowns in four weeks doing his thing since then only one double digit week in the last five um picked it up a little more the last two games 11.2 and 9.5 points per game but again very touchdown dependent as so many of these tight ends are his stretch though is quite interesting and i think this is one that we've talked about before with Tannehill. With Derrick Henry, Tennessee closes the year out with Cleveland week 13, Jacksonville week 14, Detroit week 15, and Green Bay week 16. And Green Bay has been a beautiful defense to feast on as well. So, sure, you've got Baltimore and Indianapolis the next two weeks, but then things get real nice for you. John Smith, contender or pretender, I am so on the fence on this one. I don't even know what I think. I will let you steer me the right way. And we know with tight ends, there are only like four legit guys. I get it. Okay. Let's get, we'll get past that asterisk and caveat. I think it's an important asterisk and caveat Um, because I I think he's a contender, but for that reason, 
because if you have John Smith on your team, just keep him. Like, don't mess around, especially when you kind of like those matchups late. Like, does it suck that he hasn't had a 50-yard game since week three? Yes, it does. But where are you going to find more than that? Like, like if, if you're saying, I am one piece away, like, I, I want to go get a George Kittle because I like the rest of my roster. Is it worth the upgrade from Johnny Smith? It is. If you can make that happen, go make that happen. But outside of that, I think you're just needing to get lucky with a touchdown with pretty much any of these guys outside of, I mean, with Kittle hurt, Travis Kelsey, maybe, maybe you throw Darren Waller in there too, but tight ends to me at this point, matchup only and hope for a touchdown and you're it's, it's gambling at this point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what other options you have. Like exactly. you're going to drop him for who, that's my point. So I, you know, it's obviously there's some risk involved here, but like you said, he's picking things up a little bit with that 11.2 and the 9.5. Um, you mentioned George Kittle earlier. Uh, I did do a quick search on him just for anyone who was thinking they should trade for him. Uh, the uh, what's his name? Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers said that he quote could return if the 49ers are in the playoff hunt. So I would not be trading for him based on that news because I don't know if the 49ers are going to, with Nick Mullins, a quarterback and everything else, all the difficulties they've been having, I don't see them in the playoff hunt. Even so, it's still only a may or a could return, even if they are in the playoff hunt. So I wouldn't be going out of my way to get George Kittle. Just a just a follow-up to what you said there. Yeah, I guess you don't have many alternatives. I mean, if a Jimmy Graham was out there, I'd consider that. A Robbie Tunyon, I'd consider that. TJ Hawkinson, quietly the fourth best PPR tight end in points per game. Wild. Um, our advice from the preseason to not draft quarterbacks or tight ends high is certainly proving out to be correct. Points per well, game in PPR, Noah Fant is number nine. Yeah. Is that living up to expectations or is that like exceeding them? Where is that if, if he continues that throughout the rest of the season? Should Broncos fans be happy? I would say yes. I, I mean, mean I I think considering how poorly the quarterback play has been and the opportunities that he's had haven't been stellar. I would say him being in that, you know, right at the edge of tight end one conversation is that's something that I'm happy about personally, but I think like we in watching the games, we've seen he passes the eye test. It's just everything else around him takes, you know, takes a toll on that too. And then you also have to think that Cortland Sutton didn't play really at all this season. So Cortland Sutton coming back, how's that going to affect Noah Fant's role in this offense? Like potentially like it kind of, it kind of has to diminish, doesn't it? I think Jerry, Jerry Judy out there. Really? Uh, I think I think that having good receivers is great for a tight end. I don't think yeah. that there's really anything better. Um, and, you know, I guess you look through, like, historically, the guys who've had success. Obviously, Travis Kelsey now has outstanding weapons all around him. Um, Rob Gronkowski is, like, a weird situation, but that's, I think, more, you know, the, the offense makes those receivers good. Plus, it's still Julian Edelman, and at points it was, like, Randy Moss. I, I, I think that it helps him having him come back. I mean, I think you'd be very happy with the first part of the season and the rest you'd be 
unimpressed. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, you know, that's why he's at the ninth spot because for a while he was killing it and was a top five tight end. And then um, as the offense and his production has fallen off and his health has fallen off, things have regressed. Um, well, guys, I think that's it. We will be back next Tuesday. At least Henry and Guy will. Um, and I, I think it'll be a one pot only week. A little Thanksgiving week special. We'll get it all in on that Tuesday live show for you. Um, and yeah, since I won't be on on that Tuesday show, let me wish you all a Thanksgiving and best of luck on your fantasy matchups. And we will be back soon. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to DNVR. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Find it anywhere you get your podcast, DNVR Fantasy. Subscribe to the feed. Give us a nice review. We really appreciate it. And we will be back soon.